Welcome, welcome back to another episode of Be In Demand. And today I have a very special guest. Her name is Dr. Robin Graham. And this episode, we talk about a lot of things. One, how she didn't want to finish her PhD because she was afraid of speaking, how she actually got over lifelong anxiety. And we talk specifically about how speakers can use the tips that she's going to give to help them overcome the anxiety of speaking. And then we also talk about, we dive a lot into how speaking has transformed her business, how she has used stages to attract the right clients. So let's get on to the show. You're listening to Be In Demand, the podcast for honest advice, inspiring stories, and ideas for growing your business by leveraging the expert that you are. I'm your host, Loria Mirabito, business mentor, and I'm also a reformed, painfully shy girl red wine lover, and exercise enthusiast. Join me as I share how being positioned as the expert in your industry, even if it's a busy one, will help you stand out and be the one in demand to hire and work with. All right, Dr. Robin Graham, thank you so much for joining us. And before we had hit record, you know, you were telling me about your very interesting career path, which I'm always fascinated by people's, you know, they're teenagers and they make these decisions about their life ahead of time. And, you know, then here we are, like many years later, we're looking back and we're like, wow, like I didn't, like nothing that I planned. Give us the clip notes to your, your pathway. Oh boy. So I went to school to become a pharmacist. I ended up getting a doctorate degree, but that was not just a set in stone path. I kind of wove in and out, which we can talk about in a little bit. But from there, when we moved to the Northeast, I, my company that I was working for didn't have a role for me. My, my baby was nine months old. So I started consulting and doing medical writing for pharmaceutical companies, managed care companies, and marketing agencies. And it was great. It was awesome, but it was also very stress provoking and anxiety provoking with three kids and a husband who traveled globally 50% of the time and no family. So one day my husband and I were like, okay, we're two ships passing in the night. This is crazy. The anxiety level in our home is just rising. Our oldest son started to show signs and symptoms of significant anxiety. And I thought, I don't want him to live with anxiety the way I have lived with anxiety my entire life. I have a choice here. And so as we were getting him help, I got help with anxiety as well for the first time in my life. And then we decided that I would follow my passion and become a professional photographer. So I did that and I became a, I specialized in headshot and branding photography. So I worked with mostly female entrepreneurs to help them start and grow their business, but to use images so that they could be discovered online, um, the SEO and all of those good things that people just really don't know about. That led me to become a certified brand strategist. And so I still use all of that knowledge today, but I am now more of a marketing and lead gen strategist. And I focus on helping entrepreneurs grow businesses without having to experience the pressures and anxieties of social media. Wow. Talk about a straight line. (laughs) I know, right? I say that I'm anything but a linear and you know, it's funny because when you have anxiety, um, oftentimes you, you sit and you think to yourself, I have to have ADHD because I can't focus. And I love this and I love that. And I'm multi-passionate and all of these things. But the reality is that we can all be that and still find that passion, but sometimes it takes all of these different experiences to get us where 
we're meant to be, right? Like yes. every yeah. step is part of your journey to help you really hone in on all of your skills. And so when you, I always say, when you look at your values, your visions, and your passions, and then you add your journey into that, that's where your purpose lies because it all comes together. It's all given you the expertise that you need. Yeah, it really has. So let's, there's a couple of things that I definitely want to make sure that we talk on, but let's start with the anxiety because, you know, I know the benefits of speaking. And I also know what it's like to be afraid of getting up there and speaking in front of people. I'm a reformed, painfully shy girl who accidentally became a professional speaker. So, and you have a very interesting, you know, story about like how you didn't want to do any public speaking. So just start sharing that story with, with my listeners. Sure. So it was during pharmacy school when this really came to a head, right? I, was had to, I was working on my thesis and I had to do a presentation. I had to present this in an auditorium full of professors and students and other people, faculty and like people in the community who were going to be analyzing or evaluating my presentation and my study. Well, I couldn't do it. It came down to the point where the presentation was coming closer and closer and closer. I loved the research I had done. I loved the professor I'd worked with, but I couldn't do it. I could not do the speaking. And I looked in the mirror one day and I felt like I had no idea who I was. I was shaky. I was sick. I, I was like, I can't do this. And I walked away from it. Now for me away from, I mean, like how many years, I mean, like six years, six years, six years. And I walked away from that. Now, mind you, I still had a BS in pharmacy. Like I could have still practiced as a pharmacist. I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to be a traditional pharmacist. I had many more goals and aspirations, right? So long story short, I took that year off. And at the same time, I have to say my grandfather, who I was very close to, was not well. And so that factored into it as well. And so that anxiety was so strong that I I had to walk away because I wasn't healthy. So I walked away, but I went back like it was around nine months to a year later. I was like, I have to finish this. I'm not a quitter. And this is really what I want to do with the rest of my life. So I have to go back. And I went back and I started a new study. I did the new study. And I guess it was about six months later, I was able to present and it took everything in my being to do it, but I did it. But the lesson in that was that first and foremost, the anxiety didn't control me. I was able to make a decision and push through it. From there, I was able to then talk to smaller groups, smaller environments, so that I could work my way up to bigger stages later. I I love the baby steps. And that's something that I, you know, share with all of my clients also, if they're not ready for the big audience. But let's talk, I really want to talk about and dissect the what did you do? you know, like besides making the decision that I'm going to do this, what else did you do so that you showed up as a speaker? Well, I will say I did not take medication, (laughs) but it was, it was literally practicing in front of the mirror. It was practicing in front of my parents. My father went and sat in the front row of the auditorium And having that familiar face, someone that I knew was not going to judge me or critique me was there. I knew the data. I, I 
knew the data so well. And I think that for me throughout the course of my journey as a, as an entrepreneur has really helped me because anytime I've had to go into a room, the more confident I confident I was with the subject matter, the more passionate I was with the subject matter, the better I did because I had confidence. So those were the, the steps that I took. It was really making sure that I knew exactly what I was talking about, conquering the doubt in my own mind. And that was back then. I didn't know what cognitive behavior therapy was. Now I do. And so that has become a significant part of what I do now, but really believing at that point in time that I knew what I was talking about and I knew the stats, nobody else had done the research. So that was, you know, really just talking myself into. So I was kind of doing cognitive behavioral therapy before I knew it was a thing. (laughs) Right. And what was some of that self-talk that you started or the dialogue that you changed that was in your mind? Well, I think for the most part, it was telling myself that I could do this because of what the future had for me. I could do this because I had worked so hard. I couldn't let it go. And just that drive, I think just helped me say to myself, Robin, you're not a quitter. Robin, you're not a baby. Robin, you're smart. Robin, you're intelligent. Robin, you did this research. Dr. Maddox is thrilled with the research. Let's move forward. And then obviously having my dad there really did give me that sense of comfort. Now that's not a realistic situation in most for most people, but I, it's not right. But I think you can find someone in the audience and pinpoint them as a friendly face, someone that just helps you feel a little bit comfortable or confident. And one of the things that I, that I do to, you know, like still, and I tell other people to do is like, when you get there, like go meet people go introduce yourself, go, you know, like, Hey, like it's almost like you're the hostess of a party, Mm -hmm. you know, so go around and meet people. So now, you know, like, it's not a bunch of strangers. You've actually met some of those people and you might even be able to inject them and their story into your presentation, you know, a little spontaneous. That's a little bit of a pro tip, but that also makes that person feel good. But yeah, just being, just saying hi. So I love the fact that you had your, that you knew enough to like, dad, please come and sit in the audience right in the front row. And I'm sure he was, he had the biggest smile. Oh, he he was was so so proud. proud. (laughs) He was so proud. And, you know, back to what you just said, Laurie, and that when you think about meeting people ahead of time, inevitably someone's going to say to you, I can't wait to hear your talk. And when they say that to you, it's like, okay, I'm here for a reason. I'm here for a purpose. They want to hear what I have to say. And that really does help quiet the anxiety. You know, one of my very first, uh, when I first started speaking, I was on a radio show and then they asked me to be at one of the, at some event that they were hosting and they wanted me to be one of the, to be one of the speakers. And I remember somebody coming up to my booth and like, hi, how are you? And I said that I'm Laura, I introduced myself. I said, she goes, oh, I came here to hear you speak. I have to go get a good seat. (laughs) But yeah, that, that does happen. You're right. It does. As the speaker, it's going to make you feel good. Mm -hmm. You are there to serve people that somebody like is needed to hear what you have to say. They're so interested. Yes. And they see you as an expert. 
just because your name is there and presented to them as an option to hear you speak, they see you as an authority and an expert in your space, which I think also helps solidify your own confidence to be able to stand and present knowing that other people respect you. They're not there to question you. And I think that was the biggest thing for me. I knew I was going to have to answer questions, but I knew I had practiced and I had studied and I had rehearsed. So I would be able to answer the questions. And I think it's the same thing when you're presenting and you are an expert on the topic that you're presenting on, you do have that authority. And if you believe that, then you're going to be able to stand there and represent yourself as who you truly genuinely are. I'm so glad you said all that because that's exactly what I believe. I mean, speaking positions you as the expert in the room. Um, Let's talk about your history of speaking for your business. That is not for, um, not for the, the, the pre-career. Yeah. 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 Do you remember the first time that you spoke for, Doors are open. Ready to get positioned as the expert, attract perfect clients, and monetize your authority? Well, speaking is the fastest way to grow your business while building know, like, and trust. Having a speech will attract the perfect clients to you and get you rebooked again and again. So if you're ready to craft a speech that is compelling, captivating, and most importantly, converting, then get on the waitlist for in-demand signature speech where you'll learn my step-by-step process to build a speech that gets your audience's attention, explains why you're the expert to keep listening to, share immense value while subconsciously addressing the objections your audience is thinking and feeling, so that when you share the next step, it's a no-brainer for them to say yes. Let's get your presentation ready for you to deliver with confidence. Stop wasting time, energy, and money building a business the hard way. For in-demand signature speech at speakandstandout.com forward slash SS. For this, for this business. Oh gosh. Oh, the first time I don't remember. Um, I have been on, I have spoken so many times locally as well as, you know, online that I don't remember maybe, you know what, one of the first times I guess was probably to a women in business conference. And I don't know, there were probably 200 attendees, something like that. And I had a, a session and there were probably maybe 50 people in the room. Mm-hmm. And I had slides and, you know, I did the presentation. I was nervous. I was very, very nervous, but I did it. And people were very responsive and people hired me after my talk. So, and what, what's really interesting, Lorianne, is, you know, sometimes you, you, you'll hear people say you can sell from the stage. You have to be very confident to do that. Right. But if you don't sell from the stage, Pete, you're still planting a seed. So I want to emphasize that. Like I did not sell from the stage. It wasn't that type of conference that day. And I had people hire me right after that. And I had people hire me six months and a year after that who had heard me speak. So you're still planting a seed, even if you don't have immediate results. And I just want to emphasize that because if people are are afraid of speaking and then they speak, but nothing happens, 
it's okay. You were there, you were present and you're giving yourself an opportunity to have them hire you later, or they become a referral source because they heard you speak. You are saying everything that I, that I am constantly shouting from the mountaintops. <laughs> Speaking really Sorry, is- am I stealing no. your thunder? No, no. I mean, you're just, you're re-emphasizing like everything that I say. So thank you. Um, it's a, this is a, I look at this as a breath of fresh air. I, I always say like speaking's the gift that keeps on giving. Cause you're right. Yeah. There's going to be those people who hired you right then and there. And then later on down the road, one of my clients just recently stepped off the stage to, to somebody handing her a business card and at wanting her to speak for 26 times this year. So she got 26 paid speaking events from a free event and I already told her, I said, I'm going to be reaching out to you in December because all of those events are going to lead to something else. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it really does snowball so easily, but you're right. You can either have those hard pitches from the stage or those I, planting seeds. Like you're, it's a soft pitch. It's like, here's what I do. Here are the clients that I work with, you know, and I also like to tell stories about the other things that I do like, or other presentations so that like people in the audience are like, Oh, she's got another presentation. Oh, she does consulting. Maybe we could bring her in and yeah. And the stuff that happens afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. It's really easy networking too, right? I mean, what you just described is networking in a nutshell. When you, you plant these seeds, you make these connections and ultimately relationships form. But when you're, and I always say this because we talked about this before we started, even as a podcast guest, you trusted me to come onto your show and deliver value. So if you trust me, your listeners are more likely to trust me and vice versa. So when you're on my show, my listeners are going to trust you because I trusted you to come on and deliver value. So I think it's a really important thing to think about that your stage doesn't have to be huge. You can use interviews as as an opportunity to help you. And, And I will say that podcasting has helped me tremendously grow my confidence and my ability to speak. Let's talk more about that because how long have you had your podcast? First of all, I've had my podcast for three, almost three and a half years. And I had had before that I'd had a podcast with a group of three other women. uh, And we did that podcast for, I guess, 18 months ish. Mm -hmm. So And it was funny because when we started that podcast, they were shocked. They're like, you who doesn't like to speak. And I was like, yeah, me, let's do this. And it really has been a great segue for me to be more comfortable talking in front of people. Wonderful. Wonderful. So three and a half years. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. So talk about how you're using your podcast as your stage. Well, we talked a little bit about, you know, being that expert and the authority in your niche. And I do use my podcast as just that. And when I bring on guests, there's a strategy, right? Mm -hmm. I'm bringing on guests because I know that whatever they're going to say is going to help my listeners. And oftentimes I get to learn at the same time, which is super great. But when I'm interviewing people, I'm also able to show my knowledge and it's a great opportunity to build trust 
with my listeners so that they can see that, oh gosh, she really knows what she's talking about. And she's nice and she's kind of funny. And she really asks a lot of smart questions. So I think she'd be great to work with, but that's, I think when you have a, a strategy in place, if you're a podcaster, then you're going to be able to not only illuminate your knowledge, but you're going to build trust and bring people into your community that are going to want to stay there. And then again, it's that same referral source opportunity as well. Right, right. And so how did podcasting help you become a better speaker? You know, it's really kind of funny because you know how they say um, when you have anxiety over speaking or you're afraid to do public speaking, it's like public speaking 101. Imagine everybody in the audience doesn't have their pants on. Well, when you're doing a podcast, you you don't see anybody anyway. So you just, your imagination, which I have a very vivid imagination because I'm a, I'm an avid reader, but you know, when you, when you look into this camera, it's really hard because you're talking to no one, but what it does is build your confidence because you can look back at that and say, wow, I just delivered that information looking into a blank space. So it built your confidence because if you can do that with blank space, you can obviously do that in front of people that have smiles on their faces or are there to receive you and ready to learn from you. And then what really helped too was interviewing. I think interviewing other people and have some having someone else there to share the stage with has been a huge bonus as well. But again, it's building that confidence. And it's just like taking those baby steps. You know, when you, and I know I've listened to your show and you recommend those, find a tiny stage. It's like the podcast is a tiny stage. And then you have more confidence to build, to go on to an in-person stage or a, a broader Zoom stage or whatever the opportunities that may come up, you're prepared because you've already been doing this. Yeah. I remember when I, first went, came from the professional speaking onto the online world and had to do my first Facebook live, you know, and I, that Facebook live is still up there because I want people to go see how absolutely flat and two-dimensional I was. I was just like, there was like no personality whatsoever, you know, because my live streaming, you know, muscle wasn't developed at all. Mm -hmm. And then the same thing, like I've had my podcast for almost in August, it'll be three years. My first, I started recording my podcast in my walk-in closet for the great sound barrier with all of the clothing. And I remember the first time I recorded something, I came out of the room and I was just like, oh my God, I can't do this. And then it was just like, no, you can, you just don't have the muscle yet. Mm -hmm. So go back in there. And I actually pulled out a picture of a friend of mine, um, her and I had gone on a vacation and I had a picture of, of us and I just, I spoke to her and I got that idea from Gary V because mm-hmm. he talked about when he first started, he didn't, he felt uncomfortable also speaking to nobody, to an empty screen. So apparently as the story goes, he put a teddy bear on a, on a stool, on a chair behind the camera so that he felt like he was still talking to Someone's Someone. thing. Yes. Yeah. So we all have our, our little tricks, but it's just about teaching our nervous system, new, tr- new habits, new patterns. And you're right. The more you do it, the easier it gets. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And that's, you know, we talked a little bit about anxiety and, and that's one of the reasons I wrote my book, you, me and anxiety, because I wanted to give, I originally wrote it for teen girls, but then I was like, well, they can't do this on their own. This is teamwork. So the parents need a book as well. So there's two books plus a journal, but when, when I was writing the book, I really wanted people to understand that it's, it's a navigation process. It's not one and done. This is something that takes practice. And when you're working with your mind to calm your nerves, it's, it's really important to catch those, those thoughts and challenge them. So, you know, if you're sitting there trying to record a podcast episode or getting ready to walk on a stage and you're thinking, I can't do this. Nobody's going to appreciate this. Nobody's going to like it. What if I mess up? And you're thinking all these negative thoughts, you have to catch them and challenge them. You know, would, would my best friend be thinking the same thing about me that I'm thinking in this moment? And if the answer to that question is no, if it's not realistic, then change that thought. Now it takes practice to change those thoughts. Right. Mm -hmm. And that practice becomes, you know, writing those negative thoughts down and then writing the positive, the opposite thought down. And the more you do that, just like you said, the more you do that, you grow that muscle, the more you're able to control the thoughts around whatever that issue is. And then the more confidence you're going to have, but it really is exercising those muscles and your brain that's those neural pathways. That's how you change them. It's just exercising them. That's right. Because we learned them somehow, somewhere in our past. So let's just, and you were, the chances are you weren't even aware of Mm -hmm. how they were, how you were programmed back. You know, I mean, I think back to the stuff, my mother was bipolar and, you know, so she had a lot of anxiety about people. And as a small child, I just watched her and this was before, Mm -hmm. you know, like she was diagnosed. So I was a very good, uh, um, observationist, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I didn't ask a lot of questions. I just took like what my mom's behavior was. So that's where I kind of learned to be shy Uh and then had to like later in life, I just realized this is not going to serve me in the long run. I had to, again, I had to change that behavior, but I did it very consciously. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad that you brought that up. You know, I also think that writing a book is like, is another mini stage. It is. And it opens a lot of doors for speaking opportunities. Mm -hmm. And even though, you know, people are like, well, how does your book correlate to your business? Well, here's the thing. Entrepreneurs have anxiety. Even if they didn't have anxiety before they started their business, they have anxiety while building their business because it's hard. It's not easy and it's hard to put yourself out there, right? So my focus in my business is not necessarily anxiety, but can I help my clients around mindset? Absolutely. And that's one of the parts of my overall method is mindset plus strategy plus action. Because if you do have anxiety or if you have a negative mindset, you're not going to be able to focus to create a strategy, nor are you going to be taking intentional, effective action. But here's the thing even though my book isn't necessarily specifically around my business, it opens the door to be on stages and my soulmate clients happen to be in those audiences. So when I'm speaking to a group of moms who are, you know, they may be in corporate, they may be, they may even be stay at home moms with a side hustle, or they may be somebody who has a business. Then they see me as someone that they could work with. So it, it does open those doors of opportunity. Yeah, it definitely does. And 
when you are up against another speaker or another couple of speakers who don't have books, you know, that book adds to your credibility and chances are they're going to pick you over the other people. You know, it's just, it's just a, a wonderful, it's a, it's another wonderful marketing tool because no one's going to throw away your book versus they'll lose a business card. Yes. Or even the PDF, yes. that workbook that they got at the conference, they'll lose that or throw it away eventually, but a book they'll put on a bookshelf. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a constant reminder, right? Yes, it is. So this is, um, this has been really, I, I'm really glad that I invited you onto the show, by the way, but what Thank are some, you. what are some, like, if you had to give like, what's one tip, one or two tips that you could give the audience that have, that you felt has had the biggest impact, um, on your career, on your life. I'm going to say journaling hands down it's journaling. And when I mentioned before, like my five C's journaling method, which is that catch challenge change, get more control of the thoughts and then have more confidence that really has had a huge impact on me because if I'm thinking to myself, whether it's, um, you know, I, I, clients aren't coming in fast enough. Nobody's going to find me. I'm, you know, I can't do this. If I'm thinking any of those thoughts, if I'm thinking I can't get on a stage or I'm afraid to get on the stage, or what if somebody doesn't like my dress? What if somebody thinks I'm ugly? What if somebody thinks I'm dumb? You know, any of those silly, irrational, negative thoughts, the more I catch them and challenge them and then change them, the stronger, more confident, I am and the better I can represent myself as an authority and expert in the coaching industry. So I would say hands down. And, and here's why I say journaling instead of meditation. And it's simply this, I'm not good at sitting still and being quiet and meditating, but I'm really good at writing and writing journaling actually has the same effect on our brain, on our neurotransmitters in our brain, neural pathways in our brain as meditation does. So I always encourage journaling. And I think it's just that hand, the the mind to the hand, you're getting like literally physically getting those thoughts out of your mind and onto paper so you can see what they are. So I hands down that in addition to eating a healthy diet and exercising every day, those are always my my three big suggestions. Oh yeah, absolutely. Exercising. Um, I'm going to be leaving on a, on a trip and I'm just like, I have, and I have to leave for the airport early tomorrow. So I'm like, I got to get a really good workout in today. Yeah. Yeah. What's your, what's your workout of choice? (laughs) That's a good question. So I, (laughs) I have always been a cardio junkie, like always been a cardio junkie. But I have gotten really into like weightlifting recently. And as an older person, I feel like it really helps the body stay young. And so I do a combination of cardio and weights. And you know, Lorianne, I didn't say this in the top things that I would recommend, but the other thing, and I just have to say this, um, knowing that I'm sure you have a very diverse listenership, just like I do, but my faith has always been a very big component of my business, the foundation of my business, but also in how I've navigated anxiety and being able to get on stage. So I have this little prayer and I'll just share it really quickly, but it's, it's literally just Lord, please calm my heart and quiet my mind that I can focus and be who you want me to be. And it's that simple. So I just wanted to throw that out there for anybody who may want to use that in addition to everything else that I suggested. 
Oh, I, no, I really like that. I, I believe in the power of prayer. And just to be able to say that, like to call that in, calm my mind, you know, so that you could be who you need to be so that you can focus yeah. on what you need to focus on. And that's really getting yourself out of your head and more into your body and serving that audience. Mm-hmm. So it's you know, like you've set that intention with that prayer. I really like that. That is so short and sweet and right to the point. <laughs> right. Simplicity, specificity. That's it. That's all you need. <laughs> so Robin, tell everybody where they can learn more from you, follow you, all that good stuff, and even listen to your podcast. Absolutely. So the best way to find me, the best place to go is my website, therobingraham.com. It's Robin with a Y. Um, I have a resource page, therobingraham.com forward slash resources. And there is an ebook on alleviating anxiety by developing healthy habits for a healthy mind. And there's also an ebook on how to start and grow a business without relying on social media. So there's a couple of great resources there. And anybody feel free to email me. My email address is robin at therobingraham.com. Fantastic. And we'll have all that information down in the show notes. Thank you so much, Robin, for coming on the show and just sharing your brilliance with my audience. Thank you for having me. It was an honor. Thank you. We will see you all next week.